Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Seaspire Steven Universe Fan Podcast. This is episode 162, and today we'll be talking about the Steven Universe and the Crystal Gems comic miniseries. I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. Yeah, this one, this comic series, um, you can find it on Comixology. You can get the whole thing for about $8. Uh, I think it also, if you just made a Comixology account, they have, uh, they give you like temporary unlimited which is like kind of like a premium thing, and it lets you read it for free. So that's what I did the first time, although I ended up buying it later just so I could reread it. It's some good stuff anyway. Yeah, I I, I definitely encourage, like, if you're not someone who has access to cable and can't really watch the episodes in a traditional way, like, buying the comics and other merchandise is a great way to support the show. Yeah, this is, this is four issues uh, written together, basically, to form a complete episode of the series. Yeah, it, it, it's essentially the same as uh, Too Cool for School, but it is uh, separated into four different issues. I don't think it really suffered from the serialization. It's like Watchmen or something that, you know, handled it pretty well. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was a long story, and it tends to be difficult to have those big, long stories in a single issue. Especially when it comes to making them, too. This one this one was interesting. I liked, I liked how Amethyst was going back and forth about the Glass Ghost. I knew it wasn't real, and then I knew it was real. Yeah, I loved Amethyst's sort of reaction in it. I liked this episode. I think one of the most unique and appealing qualities to it is we kind of get to see how uh, the dynamic between the Crystal Gems uh, has changed and how it was much earlier on, especially when they first found Amethyst. Oh yeah, little little rebel kindergarten kid. Yeah, and it's um, it was, what's interesting is that it comes off as if they're telling her this story like immediately after finding her but if you look at both her outfits and the the uh humans that she sees in the forest this looks like it happened in like the greg flashbacks like in the in the 90s or 80s yeah i mean they're probably taking liberties just like uh, i loved the little bit where they used the don't do anything i wouldn't do garnet as the babysitter and you had baby Amethyst and Onion yeah. as the children. I loved that little detail. Yeah, that was adorable. I think they're just using designs they already have because it's just a story that's not technically Amethyst, so. Yeah, I mean, I would have loved to have seen some, like, you know, prehistory or early history outfits of the Crystal Gems and, like, early history humans. Because I think the concept mm. of ghosts isn't necessarily, um,. A, a new one. I mean, the the idea of spirits or whatever is definitely a an old human cultural phenomenon. So the crystal gems having like that to kind of base it off of isn't um, infeasible if it happened, you know, a couple thousand years ago. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm, I just want to see the crystal gems in historically accurate outfits. Historically accurate to the show? That's true. That's true. Not historically accurate, but historically relevant. And it's also, um, you could say that when the story of the Glass Ghost is being told, when it's like all purple, it could just be Steven um, imagining yeah. the only past outfits that he's seen the Crystal Gems in. So he's like, I've only seen their outfits from the 80s, so that's what I'm going to see them as. And even then, only really from one music video. Well, no, yeah, he that's has seen... true. No, uh, he did see some pictures of uh, 80s Amethyst at Vidalia's as well. That's true. That's true. But I was just thinking, like, yeah, if it if it weren't for that music video, he would have no idea what they looked like at all. Because obviously, Greg was just telling them a story. I don't think Greg would have gone into complete and accurate detail on 
exactly what they look like. So I don't know. Hostel Gatto could have shown up as Cupid to help him out. He does really good flashbacks in OKKO. Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh. But it is. It's a very cute story. Both the 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 story that Amethyst and Garnet told. No. Pearl and Amethyst. Oh my god. Pearl and Garnet told Amethyst is a cute story. Or like cute the way that they told it. And also the whole comic is very... Your traditional little cautionary tale about the... Yes, absolutely. About the brave little child who goes too far into the woods and gets taken by the glass ghost. Yeah, and I like how Amethyst is like kind of pissed that they, they made up the story to... To try and, like, scare her off, but at the same time, she was also genuinely scared, even after knowing that it was made up. <laughs> She's, like, convinced, oh no, it's real. I remember what happened back in Warp Tour. These things aren't just random. Yeah, it's, hmm, I mean, I think Amethyst's kind of irrational fear is also very cute in the sense that she's, like, a superhuman alien race that could probably stand up to any wildlife that the woods have to offer, including gem monsters, so. Yeah. She's still, like, trying to sleep in the tent as if a, a, a flimsy canvas dome will protect you. Oh, I, I liked the, if we're just talking about cute little details like that, I liked how the glass ghost picks up the flower, but turns it to glass, and then angrily throws it to the ground, and that would explain why Stephen's finding just little shards of broken glass in the in the woods. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, because it's not the ghost, like, leaving behind parts of itself. It's the ghost turning stuff into glass. And then angrily shattering it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Hmm. I I did not like, though, how they called out, ooh, even or even with a damaged gem, it was that powerful. It must have been a really strong gem, like a quartz. No, 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 no. We have only seen one quartz with that kind of magic, and I, I don't think a comic should be necessarily implying that there are other quartzes with that kind of magic did they did it say it outright in the yeah i think i think garnet called out a quartz as one of the possible powerful gem types well it could be that um well i don't know maybe raw power yeah the quartz gems that we've seen have just been you know big powerhouses in the sense of just being physically imposing so I guess, yeah, it would make sense if we interpret it as, like, the corruption process does strange things to a gem, like, take that raw power and put it in another direction. That that could be, we could interpret it that way. That would be better. I don't know. I think the, um, the exact mechanics of the gem are probably one of the the places where the, the authors took the most liberty, because we saw this, too, yeah. in, uh, in Too Cool for School, that kind of slime, mm-hmm. that slime gem, and how it kind of doesn't quite fit in the the pattern that we've seen in the corrupted gems in the past so yeah well you know hey, whatever it takes for for me to rationalize it i mean i'll, I'll give them that although i would like to see uh this well no i'm torn i'd kind of like to see this as its own episode but on the other hand i'd like them to tell me a whole new story if they're gonna make an episode for me and make more comics like this one i just want them to be more freaking steven universe episodes please and thank you um oh, hold on salt <laughs> uh yeah i mean just if steven universe became like a huge franchise thing because you know obviously at this point we're, we're very likely in our last season so that probably won't happen but imagine if afterwards well people are insisting that it's been leaked that the sixth season is under development but 
I hope they announce that soon, if that's true. I mean, we just started the fifth season, so imagine we have another 20 episodes in the fifth season. I could see it maybe taking one more season to really wrap up the show, but it's very likely, especially if the if season five is long, that, that this may be the, ver- the last season that we're going to be seeing. If it ever continues airing, you know? I mean, who knows, maybe the Crooniverse has already, like, packed their bags and left the offices and are just sitting on all these finished episodes. <laughs> it's just like, it'll air when it airs. You know, we've moved on to bigger and better things. The Beach City Underground Wrestling spinoff. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, but uh, what else to say about Steven Universe and the Crystal Gems? Steven had some really funny faces in this one, like the whole, the you, you know, the face he's making in Lars and the Cool Kids when he's holding onto Lars and saying, don't. Like, he's got a couple faces like that in this episode. Or in this, see, I'm even thinking of this episode. Refer in me to a comic. page number. Up here, hold on. I probably won't have page numbers again. Well, you have the physical copy. Because I just have the online reader. Alright, let's see here. Okay, like in the first one, when Stephen uh, has found the broken glass from the glass ghost, and Pearl asks him, what on earth are you doing out here? And then he's tugging on her little skirt thing. I saw it. The glass ghost was here from the story. Okay, I'm trying to find this page and nothing is loading. It's one page before he's back at the Crystal Temple. Well, two pages, technically. But one turn of the page. Oh, we're- okay, I did look at the one before where he's, like, sitting and crying up against the bush. Oh, baby boy. Okay, um... Oh, yeah, I see it. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah, this- again, with the artist, the artist, I think, very faithfully kind of upheld the sort of artistic style of Steven in, in like, the whole show, and essentially it's and it's humor and facial expressions while also adding, like, their own stylistic elements. Yeah, I think that's my favorite small thing about this comic, actually. How they were really going for a, a show-accurate art style on this one. I'm kind of a kind of a believer in that. If you're going to do a comic or something, kind of make it look like that. Um, Steven and the Crystal Gems, the, the four-issue series, was written by Jocelyn Fenton, and the art was done by Kristen Garland. It's not always the crew universe working on this. Uh, oftentimes it rarely is, so it's good to appreciate the kind of people who come in, because I know there's a lot of kind of artists who were prominent in the fandom, like they just did a lot of Steven Universe fan art and actually went on to make some of the uh, the comics. Did uh, Was that the path Grace took? That was what Gracecraft did. And then at the end, very end of the comic, of the last comic, there's like some alternative titles. The alternate covers? Alternate covers, there you go. And it's page 119. And Sam Davies. Oh, the one with them with the big black eyes? With them big eyes. Very um classic of, of that person's style. Oh yeah, he's got multiple covers where he has them yeah. with the big black eyes. Yeah, that one just uh, struck out to me. But yeah, the one a couple pages before that. And yeah, so they... They have done Steven Universe fan art from time to time, and it's cool seeing, you know, these fans coming onto the, and to make like semi canonical, like official stuff for Steven Universe. So I actually think that's really cool. 
because um, we knew that uh, Amber Rogers was actually a fan artist for Steven Universe before working as a storyboarder, and we have a couple others who were just uh, generic artists, and they also ended up making official work for it too. So it is it is really cool. Like people rack a lot on fan art and fan content and how it's like considered lesser, but it still it still gets you somewhere. It still gets you notoriety. Art is art. Like, if you could make something that looks good, who cares if it's your own IP or somebody else's? Yeah, and it's like, you listen to these these people who did end up working professionally, and people are asking them, it's like, you know, what, a, what is your advice? And time time and time again, they're saying, make content. Make your Draw own things. content. <laughs> make your own content. Make other people's content. Just make stuff as much as you can, and... Don't worry about it being good because it'll just get good over time by the nature of how practice works. But oh yeah, I'm pretty sure I've mentioned this on the podcast before. But go back, go to the Schlock Mercenary website, the webcomic, and go back and look at his art style and compare the newest issue or the newest panels to his oldest panels. Oh, the oldest panels are awful. Yeah, and I mean, uh, look at look at One Punch Man, which is probably one of the most popular animes. Okay, uh, now that's different. The webcomic still looks awful. And but he did he did redraw drawn, them. No, somebody else. Oh, somebody else. Them. Some guy named Murata. Huh. He does the he does the manga. Yeah, but he still made his own content. Like when you're making stuff, just the more you make it, the better you get at it, and the more good content that you have out there, the more likely you are to just get noticed. But I think one. I think that's how you pronounce it. Yeah, they always capitalize it, so I'm not sure. But he is more of a writer. I think that's his deal. Yeah. Um, but he is making content. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, it was a, a tweet by, I think it was Ian JQ. Ian JQ. Um, he said uh, a lot of these people posting art on Tumblr, uh, put your emails, your contact emails on it. Sometimes employers are actually trying to get a hold of you and they can't find where to contact you. So that has been um, just another piece of advice that I now suddenly remembered. But yeah, this was a this was a cute little comic book. I can't I can't think of uh, too much else to say. I've already mentioned I I like the more faithful Steven Universe art style. I appreciate when they do that in the comics. I liked the Glass Ghost itself. I thought that was a really neat thing. I liked the foreshadowing where apparently Nanafwa and Sadie both recognized that it was trying to hug them, and so they kind of foreshadowed that a little bit, quite heavily with Sadie, actually. Oh, it's been so long since I actually read through it. What page is that on? I don't know. Uh, I don't even know which issue it's from. Well, I have just one big collection of all the issues together, so... Okay, so Nanafwa should be, like, right there in the middle, because she's, like, the... a few. She's only a few pages into issue three. This is when they go back to the boardwalk. And then Sadie will be a couple pages down. Yeah, two pages after that. But, you know, Stephen looks at Nanafon and she, he's like, huh, that's a really weird pose, but oh, you know, at first yeah, I think see just, it. He's like, oh, hey, Nanafon. Nanafon's weird. So, but then you see Sadie doing the same thing, being all compassionate and whatnot. And it's like, oh, okay. Now, okay. now, we're, now we're seeing a pattern. Props to Nanafon and Sadie for just. That level of human compassion and seeing this massive glass creature walking towards you with its arms extended and understanding and being willing to give the monster a hug. We should all, we should all be hugging monsters, not, not fighting them. 
Oh, come on. Where would we get our action scenes, then? I guess that's what the dolphin console is for. Oh, you could have an action scene that's Steven trying really, really hard to hug this monster. <laughs> there you go. That maybe does not want to be hugged. Competitive hugging. I mean, he's a strong boy. I, I wouldn't be surprised if he could squeeze a monster into poofing with a nice, strong hug. I like that episode of Penguins of Madagascar. Oh, it looks like all I needed was a hug. Oh, or maybe I'm just a jerk who likes controlling others. Oh, well, in that case, then I can just squeeze you until you pop like a grape. No, 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 no. I like the hug. The hug's nice. I have not watched that show in four years. And yet, for some reason, that recreation, that, that re- statement of those voice lines was so true to the content that I actually do remember it. It was a good episode. You should pursue a, a career in voice acting, GC. Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> if Ashley Birch is ever sick, they can call me to do her voice for her. Oh, boy. Yeah, I know. It's terrible, but I like it. It's a fun voice to do, and I like it. Any excuse. <laughs> Ronaldo in this was like classic Ronaldo. I think everyone who likes and hates Ronaldo would both agree that this was classic Ronaldo. Yeah, I mean, you can say a lot of things about the comic, but it has faithful depictions of all of its characters. <laughs> I like the, okay, fall. Horror movie rule number one don't get separated from the group. Hey, what's that? <laughs> you expected it, but did you expect it that fast? I didn't think so. But yeah, Ronaldo was great. I like, although I was a again a little bit disappointed with his explanation of the poltergeist. I was kind of hoping that they would harken back specifically to it haunting a person, but instead he just goes with the generic throwing things around. But this is Ronaldo. Maybe he forgot that he made that distinction. Who knows? Well, I mean, some definitions tend to vary by region. And what genre you're talking about. Technically, it could both haunt people and throw things around in his mind. But, you know, in the horror club, he said, when he thinks of a poltergeist, he's thinking, well, then again, we had already seen the throwing, so. Yeah, and I mean, it's just, it's generally a poltergeist is a kind of trickster ghost. One that's maybe a little bit more, I don't well, know, Ronaldo just specifically calls them out as haunting a particular person. I mean, that would fit with the, the, the trickster kind of idea to it. Eh, maybe. I mean, you can trick anybody. You can trick one person over and over, and they always <laughs> fall for it. Uh, my, my poltergeist, all it would have to do was just play notification sounds for my phone. <laughs> You'd never catch on? I would fall for it every single time. So, any more thoughts about Steven Universe and the Crystal Gems? Which... By the way, super generic title for a super specific story. Yeah, that's true. Like, you'd think Steven and the Crystal Gems would just be another series of comics that included, like, separate little stories in it, like the, the first couple issues that came out did, but no, this is very specifically... Like, it should be Steven Universe and the Glass Ghost, but... Or like the Beach City Woods Terror or, or something. Yeah, just add more words to or it. Or Steven Universe and the Spooky Woods. Oh my god. Um, yeah, Glass Ghost would be best, but you know how people are with their spoilers. Oh, I had no idea the Glass Ghost would be real. I mean, he saw that glass, and I mean, I, I, that might not have necessarily been narratively significant. A, it's a comic, and comics always spoil themselves. And B, it's like in the first couple pages they're talking about the Glass Ghost. 
spoiler alert, the good guys win in the end and nobody dies. Well, they kind of die, but they come back. Oh. Yeah, I mean, they get better. (laughs) Uh, So, any more thoughts? Uh, is the gemstone actually glass? Uh, Who knows? I don't know. I mean, uh, Pearl calls out that it can't be glass, but it could look like glass. That's true. There's a lot of, like, crystalline gem structures that are very clear and look kind of like glass and break like glass. I mean, they they talk about it. Uh, the, the corruption process might have turned it all glassy. I, I don't know, but they do talk a bit about that at the end. Hmm. Who knows? Who knows? Well, everybody, join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm Sophia. Leave us a review on iTunes. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by James Roach. For more Steven Universe fan-related content, please visit LunarCSpire.com. Thank you for listening.